if you're a qualified fitness professional, studying to be a fitness professional, sector or industry educator, or generally have an interest in the areas of health, fitness and well-being, then this, the Active IQ podcast, is well worth tuning into. We're the leading awarding organisation for the physical activity sector, keen to explore and share topical content via discussion, conversation, debate and Q&A shows, all with great guests and industry experts. This ensures that we give you, the listener, key insights into all things related to health, exercise, nutrition, mindset and performance. So please like, share and subscribe if you find the content of interest and be sure to check out our website at www.activeiq.co.uk. Hello there and welcome along to another exciting podcast from Active IQ. James Clack here and today's podcast I will be discussing the topic of goal setting in relation to the role and function of fitness professionals and as part of this possibly challenging the importance and the place of goal setting. Controversial I know but we'll see what happens. So once again I'm really excited to be joined by Phil Wright, fitness professional, owner and lead coach of P13 Athlete, an online athletic community and coaching program. And also, as mentioned in previous podcasts, a regular expert contributor to our Skills Hub content. So welcome along, Phil. How are you doing this fine sunny day? Good morning, James. Well, I'm indoors. Uh, I'm, I'm very well and I'm very much looking forward to getting out and enjoying the beautiful sunshine a little bit later on today. Good and um, yeah, really excited to be discussing this topic with you. Excellent. Good stuff. I'm looking forward to it too. So normally I ask guests and yourself to give a little bit of background on themselves and your journey in the industry, etc. But you've joined me for, for quite a few of these podcasts now. So if it's okay with you and to save a little bit of time, because this is quite a big subject, we'll just skip that part and jump straight into the, today's topic, if that's okay. And if anybody wants to catch up a bit about your backstory, then by all means, go back and listen to some of the previous podcasts, more importantly for the content, but also to get a bit of background about you, where you come from and, and your journey in the sector, etc. So I hope that's yeah. okay with you, Phil, not to kind of cut uh, from your glory. Uh, absolutely fine. No, no, there's no, no glory here. <laughs> Grand. <laughs> All right then. So let's let's kick off then and start talking about this subject of goal setting. And I guess the logical place to start really is what is a goal? What does it mean? Where does it come from? So from from my perspective and just to give a bit of background, I'm quite aware that sometimes these are used as an interchangeable term with other things such as targets, desires, wants, wishes, needs, dreams, ambitions, aspirations, etc. The list can go on. And the dictionary even uses the word end, which is something I'll I'll touch on later, I'm sure, because it's a, a term which is one of my issues with goal setting over the years. But looking into it a little bit deeper, we can typically regard a goal as something that someone is trying to accomplish or an aim of an action, if you like. And if we even look kind of back at the goal setting research that's occurred, particularly that from the early 80s, you know, the famous studies around Locke and Latham and their colleagues, they actually define the term goal as attaining a specific level of proficiency on a task, usually within a specified time limit. Now, as anyone who has any experience of goal setting knows, this definition implies that people must be able to quantitatively measure 
whether they've reached their goal, which often means that goals should be objective and based on facts, data, figure, etc., rather than being subjective and based on opinion or feelings. Although we can get around that using things like ordinal scales, etc. So to get us started with your view on this, Phil, I just wondered what your kind of interpretation of the term goal is and what's your understanding of the process of goal setting when working with clients, athletes, etc. from your own perspective? Yeah, so I um I think that for, so linking in with what you mentioned there, goals can be quite interchangeable. Um, I, I suppose um, I've always sort of based my understanding of what a goal is, uh, um, probably similar to the the last podcast that we did around coaching on on it being a, a destination, um, but not necessarily the the end destination it's kind of arriving at a point that is measurable something that that kind of allows people to be able to see something has been achieved whatever that thing is um so so that's kind of my primary primary sort of i suppose perspective on on the on on a goal and and defining a goal in such a way that makes it practical to sort of apply that with with clients um, I've always tried to, to keep it something measurable. But that said, um, and, and we'll sort of come on to this, um, I, I do think with the, specifically with, with the industry and the sector that we work in, we're looking at personal goals. Um, uh, you know, I think we need the flexibility to allow goals to be subjective as well as objective and based on facts um, as well. So kind of, I don't know whether that answers your question. Uh, I think there's a bit of flexibility around around that um, to make it workable with with most types of, of clients. Um, so the the second question: um, Did you want me to sort of explore my uh, sort of how how to go about it? Or um, yeah, I think so. I mean, what what kind of approach do you take with? maybe a new client or an existing client, maybe, you know, how do you approach goal setting with them? Is there a particular kind of model or process that you use um, in your, your kind mm. of working practice? So I think um, probably like most fitness professionals coming into it, because it was very much part of the qualification and being, um, I wouldn't say necessarily a geek, but certainly in the early days, wanting to do things properly I based my own practice on the qualification that I went through. And a key part of understanding and learning a process for goal setting was using the, the smart principles or the smart goal setting, um, you know, sort of format of making things specific and measurable, et cetera. And, and that's kind of what, what I began um, applying with, with all clients. You know, just as a, this is my, this is the process, this is what. But what I actually found was that in some cases, it wasn't even necessary to do that, you know, and I'll expand on that and give hopefully a few examples which explain what I mean by that. Um, and in other cases, it wasn't enough. Um, so actually, my first now with that experience behind me, the most important thing for me is to is to calibrate the individual first and get some understanding of of what that person needs before figuring out what the right mechanism of setting a goal should be. Um, 
so so when I when I mentioned before that what I found sometimes is that doing the whole smart goal setting was was not needed. Um, I found that if people came, you know, and approached me as a fitness professional to help them achieve a particular goal or or target, um, and they already had a very strong, clear idea in their mind as to what their goal is. So as an example, um, someone was getting married and that was a, um, this makes the life of a fitness instructor or a personal trainer extremely easy. Um, It's a strong, emotive thing. There, There is a date already set. They have a clear idea in their head of what the ideal target is you know, quite often with, and I'm being generalistic here, but but with that type of goal, people want want to get into a certain shape, yep. you know, and they'll, in their own mind, have an idea of that. And I think um, when someone comes to you like that, or you're working with someone in that kind of scenario, a lot of the goal setting is already done for you because because there's, there's the date, there's the specific sort of target in mind, and very importantly, in my mind, there's that emotional connection to the goal. Um, and I, I think sometimes that can be very much lacking. Um, so when you have someone that perhaps comes to you, they want to make changes, but they don't necessarily know what those changes are. I think then the process of goal setting is very different. Yep. And actually, using the smart process, making it specific, measurable, agreed, realistic, and time-bound, um, that that can be not enough because you're trying to create a goal whereby people are sort of uncertain in their own mind as to what the goal should be. They just know they want some level of change, yeah. but they don't exactly know what it is. So you go through a process of setting a goal and making it specific and almost kind of trying to you know, draw blood from a stone. You're kind of trying with the best will in the world to ask good questions to get them to be able to identify the goal. But still, come the end of it, you can have a really clearly defined goal and outcome that's time-scaled and everything, but there's no emotional attachment to it. So there's no kind of cohesion between, or there's no connection between the person and the goal. You end up going through a process, but it being a very clinical process that that the individual isn't emotionally tied to. And I I think, you know, in that case, goal setting is and should be very, very different. So I've gone around the houses a little bit, but, uh, but what I've found with experience is that the most important thing when setting a goal in my own practice um, has been to really understand the individual first and to, and to calibrate them. You know, if they come already with absolute clarity, then goal setting is almost done for you. And of course, you can, you know, make sure that you fully understand those goals that person brings along to you. Um, whereas if they're the other side, the other end of the spectrum, and they're kind of they want change, but they're uncertain what that change is, um, then it, it's it's a little bit harder and oh, well, not necessarily harder it's just different and yeah. and i think we as fitness professionals need to apply different mechanisms or processes to to help define the goal <laughs> no I, I totally agree and, and i think you've kind of pointed something out which really um i was going to touch on but then wasn't but maybe i will now is do you think that maybe that's 
potentially an issue with PTs selling their services in terms of as as PTs we we taught smart goal setting um, as part of the qualifications and as part of that then we go out into industry and expect that everybody has a goal and when actually yes some people do like you say they might be going on a holiday which they want to get in shape for and look their best or they're getting married or yeah. maybe there's a health issue and you know and they they've really made the decision to make a change but that's actually a very small percentage of the potential clients that are out there when you walk into any gym you'll see a load of clients training on equipment who would probably benefit from personal training but they don't have a particular structured outcome or goal in mind and in which case maybe if if we as fitness professionals pts whatever you want to call us coaches you know if if we could get better at helping people find those goals and targets and be motivated to work towards something then maybe there, yeah. there's something in that around increasing the client load that, that you may have at your disposal, so to speak. Uh, do you think I'm on the right lines there? Or have I, yeah, have no, I do, I do, no, I do, I do think so, but I think it raises in a, you know, a question in, in that, in the, um, can there be success without goals? Because mm-hmm. as you said, a lot of people who do go to gyms and are actually pretty consistent, um, and and they enjoy it, yet they might not have a goal. Now, does does their activity and their continued perseverance and effort is is that in the in in the eyes of us, uh, and we're very much kind of results driven and based upon you know we're, we're we're trying to sell and you use that term are we selling the wrong you know we're trying to sell transformation and change um, are they failing? you know arguably not you know they might not have a goal but actually if they're quite happy um then then are goals absolutely necessary for for people to to succeed i don't you know i don't know whether i've sort of put that across clearly but um yeah it's a it's a it's a really good discussion point mm. well it kind of brings me on to a, a bit of a controversial one really then in terms of yeah, there's a ton of research out there on the theory of goal setting and how to apply it, which, you know, we know has led to the adoption of it in our sector and other sectors and other elements of coaching, whether that be business coaching, lifestyle coaching, etc., sports performance, you name it. But I'm, I'm going to question how successful is the process of goal setting in practice. And if I give you an example, so and I got this from the James Clear book, Atomic Habits, which I mentioned before, and it, it really made yeah. me think about it. So if we've got, say, Wimbledon, that's that's around the corner, that's starting. And we look at both finalists in men's and women's competitions. And you would presume that they both have the goal of winning the final. But ultimately, one of them is going to fail. That's just fact, because there can only be one winner. Now, they've both had goals, but we seem to pin a lot of focus on goal setting being the kind of vehicle to success and, and I would argue actually it's a very small part of the jigsaw and yeah. yes it it kind of focuses attention but it doesn't actually represent the whole process or plan or strategy and I would argue yeah. that really rather than focusing on goal setting and spending too much time on that we should really be focusing on the strategies and the process that's going to enable people 
to increase the likelihood of success and almost not not detract from the focus of their goals, but be distracted from the from the goal so that it's not the be all and end all and failure isn't met with sadness and the want or the question of, well, it hasn't worked. So should I just jack it in and give up? Yeah. Yeah. So I just wondered what, what you think about that. Do you, do you think maybe we put too much emphasis on on goal setting as a sector yeah. and maybe at the kind of detraction from other processes or yeah, what, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a really a really good question. Um, I think it is very possible that we do put too much importance on on the goal setting. Um, you know, in, in my mind, we are very much in the in the business uh, of of helping people towards making better lifestyle decisions. You know, and lifestyle choices. You know, hopefully educating them along the way. Hopefully encouraging them to to enjoy the journey as well um and i i think those things you know being able to enjoy the process is as if not more important than actually achieving goals in itself so i think i think so and you know and these types of things aren't really covered um to my mind unless unless you know definitely um you know on on courses it's kind of looking at the wider picture use the term jigsaw i think that's a really a really good description of of kind of the the beast that we're working with. You know, it is very much a jigsaw, um, and lots of little pieces come together to kind of create the big picture. Whereas goal setting specifically is just one tiny component of that. Um, you know, I think I think things like momentum um, are, are really important. You know, us as coaches encouraging the people we work with to be reflective along the way um so to kind of you know reflect themselves be flexible enough for them to change direction you know if if that is necessary if it's appropriate to do so at any given point um so i think i think goal setting is important as you as you said because what it can do in those early stages is it it creates focus and it creates a route map um and you know it creates direction for people to travel in um but success shouldn't hinge solely on whether or not the person achieves that goal you know it's important as you say that you know it's a great example wimbledon you know and it's the same i'm a for my sins i'm a bit of a football fan um and it's such a you know looking at the premiership and the premier league uh, many teams target winning the title or taking silverware, but there can only ever be one one winner. Um, and the amount of money and pressure that's in the game, you know, quite often managers are, are, are you know, are, they're sort of they don't have a long long lifespan at any one club. But it, no. it's, I think you know, it's a very blinkered view to consider success as winning the title because you know of the, of the for example of the you know the 20 teams that go in the premiership you know only one team is going to take that title and does that mean that the rest have, have just failed and that you know or, or should success be actually considerate of the the wider the wider picture and and progress in different areas um you know some some of that 
some of that progress may be objective and measurable and, and fact-based. Um, but actually, you know, we should be open to allowing success to be based on, on subjective things as well that are perhaps a little bit trickier to measure, but in many ways more meaningful to the person that we're trying to help. You know, science, I think in some cases, is is more meaningful to us as practitioners than it is to the individual. Yep. Um, you, you know, because it helps us to evidence the work that we do um, and and I suppose back up how how effective we can be as fitness professionals. But actually, you know, the, the true meaning of progress to individuals is very rarely numbers-based or facts-based. It, it, it's kind of beyond that. It's, well, achieving that, what, what does that actually mean to you? How's that going to impact your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is the meaning, which is, that's, you know, there's very rarely numbers discussed within that compartment. It's more, it's more, you know, real, real things about their life. Yeah. And I think, I think you've kind of alluded to something quite interesting there in terms of goal setting about taking into consideration where it sits. So it'd be very different a process for like you alluded to a, a premiership football team, as opposed to my aunt or my mum that, that goes into a gym and is looking at, at making some sort of change to the, to their either lifestyle, their appearance, their you know, emotional and mental well-being, etc. And f- for me, it kind of goes back to something we spoke about before in, in a previous podcast about the process of change um, and really, you know, a, a goal for your typical gym client or for a majority of gym clients, I would anticipate is about change, doing something different to the status quo or the the comfort zone that you're currently in and as a result of that it's really you know a large part of the goal setting process again goes back to what you mentioned earlier around calibrating that client getting to know them getting to understand where they've come from where they're at now what resources they've got and really delving down into what what it is they're, they're wanting to change and looking at what are the cues or the triggers to, to the behavior that they're looking to change? What is the actual action that they they undertake or the rut- routine that they have when they're exhibiting the behavior that they no longer want or they want to amend or change? And then also what what kind of rewards process do they, do they give themselves as part of that? Yeah. Why do they feel it is that they need to do it? What is the end game for them? And how do we, we kind of challenge that? So for me, it it's more about, yeah, I think, yes, you're completely right. We do need to have goals. They are the, the rudder that steers the ship, but that's yeah. pretty much where it ends for me in terms yeah. of a process. It's yeah. more about this strategy and developing these new habits, which in yeah. kind of snowball into the change in behavior. So yeah. I guess, are we, are we oversimplifying goal setting maybe on in, in the industry uh, in terms of the educational aspect, do you think? Are we missing something? I, 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 I think so, um, you know, because within the qualifications, generally we are looking at using the, the smart um, goal-setting principles. And, uh, you know, I, I, what I don't mean to do is kind of rubbish them because actually I think they're very good. Um, I think it's also important to know sort of the origin of them. Yep. They're very much kind of born out of a, a, business, a business world. And in a business world, um, you know, where 
we're not really looking at emotions. We're looking at organizations and the success of organizations. We can be pretty clinical and brutal. Yeah. And so, so I think SMART is, is well-structured and it helps to provide that real clarity. But we're working with individuals more often than not. So I think we need to be able to take that model and adapt it so that it can be more meaningful for, for an individual. I've, I think, yes, my, my simple answer to your question of are we oversimplifying goals? I think, I think yes. Um, you know, SMART is a great foundation to build from, but I do think we need to build on top of it to make it work more effectively with, with people. Like you said, you know, we should be looking at the habit formation, the behaviours, hopefully trying to generate and and kind of uncover that emotional attachment mm-hmm. to uh, between the individual and the goal and actually figure out if that goal is the right goal for the person as well because I think it's quite easy to set a goal but, you know, do we evaluate it enough um, and challenge the goal enough? And I, I've not really mentioned that so far. Actually, I think as PTs or as fitness professionals, that needs to be one of our real skill sets is, is challenge people. I think, you know, we do need to make sure um, that we're quite rigorous with that to, to once we start along that path or along that journey, make sure it is the right goal for, for the person. Um, and again, as you said, you know, there's that emotional connection side, but the reward side as well, because I think, you know, certainly in the Western culture, we're pretty bad at, at becoming almost um, obsessive with setting our goals and just right, we've achieved that. Move on to the next. We're very target obsessed almost, yeah. and it's kind of goals achieve. You know, goal journey achieved. Bang, goal a journey. You know, and it just becomes a, a treadmill or a conveyor belt of just constantly work flicking from one goal to the next without actually giving time and space to for people to celebrate and reward and, and to recognize in their own mind and, you know, what, what they've actually achieved mm-hmm. and, and perhaps, you know, um, actually having some time not setting a goal and just enjoying, uh, you know, almost kind of not, not having that real sort of target all, all the time, having a little bit of off season, if you like, you know, we've spoken a bit of, about, um, sport, tennis and football, you know, um, obviously they've got a, a very clear structured season and cycle of training that allows goal setting to fit in quite nicely to their to their frameworks. You know, they have clear start and end points. We work with people around the the, the clock, around the year and, and we have to kind of put in our own time scales. Now naturally sometimes those dates and time scales are already set for us with events or things that are happening, but sometimes we have to kind of draw them out ourselves. I think it's important to give people downtime as well, you know, to give people that off season, because I think that is really important. It allows people to reflect. It allows space for, for people to, to really gather their thoughts rather than just thinking, right, I've achieved that goal. What's next? And almost rushing into it and, and then at a certain point dropping out because it, it just wasn't, you know, the right thing. It wasn't perhaps important enough. Um, 
you know, and, and ultimately, I, I think that is a really important part of goal setting. And I know that's slightly separate to the idea of reward and recognition and, and all of that. But, uh, but actually, I think, I think it is a very important part of the whole jigsaw that we need to consider. You've kind of touched on on a key thing there around the importance of goal setting in relation to, you know, the term periodization, whether you, you look at that in its strictest form for, say, sports conditioning or, or training an athlete where it is very structured and, and regimented potentially versus a structured program or periodization, as you'd call it, for a typical gym based client um, who may be working towards a recreational sporting event or competition, for instance, but equally maybe wanting to get in shape for their their wedding anniversary holiday or, or big party etc it's making sure that you factor in like you say that that time to have a bit of reflection still be active but tide you over and yeah. get you ready and focus for the next phase or block of training and that can be a reward in itself for a lot of people i think so that, yeah. that was the first thing i thought was really important and, and then secondly i'll touch on it in a minute but this meaningfulness to to the client we, we know that goals should be driven by the client created initially by the client and the, the pt is there merely to help shape and formalize that into something that is meaningful and structured and has a kind of 50 50 chance of success failure etc but yeah i just think that that's the two key things that you've touched upon there and sorry i'll cut you off so yeah go on no not at all so you know when um i, I guess you know, one of your first questions was kind of how do I approach the goal setting? And uh, I spoke about what I've learned from experiences is the most important thing initially is being able to calibrate the individual and, and try and figure out what, you know, what they need most. And actually, it's a really simple question, I think, to start with is is asking the the person you work with, a good question can be, what do you feel you need the most? You know, given what you've tried in the past and, and and what's worked for you and what hasn't worked for you, what what do you feel you need the most support with? What you know, and 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 that sort of as a as a uh, a discussion starter is as something to kind of prompt them down a certain thought process can be quite useful because they can give you you know a real good starting point in terms of figuring out where you know where the effort for goal setting and and um and not just goal setting because you've you mentioned strategy you know where your strategy should lie you know where what do they struggle with the most because really that that's where kind of the the emphasis and and your as a as a fitness professional your effort should be around um and further to that trying to um not necessarily visualize but but get them to, to to kind of consider and have some space to think about because sometimes within goal setting, it is so important. And I think it, it can often be, you know, it, it can often, the, when I say success here, what, what I'm talking about is your success in terms of a long-term relationship with the person you're trying to help can very much hinge on how well you you build this goal setting because I think it's kind of, it's the opening chapter to it. If you've worked with that client for longer, and that's a different thing. But if, if it's a case of it's a new client, it's a new person that you're starting to help. Um, 
then goal setting is kind of that first impression type. You know, it's that important. It's where, you know, uh, opinions and thoughts are, are built upon. Um, I, I think trying to encourage the person you're working with to to really consider what it would feel like to achieve a certain goal. You know, um, I, again, last time when we spoke about coaching, we mentioned this thing of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. Um, I, I think when I went through that practitioner course, you know, that gave me some really, really good practical tools to kind of embed within a goal-setting process. You know, getting people to to kind of, you know, in a, a sort of uh, an imaginative way, go into the future, close their eyes and consider for a moment what it might feel like, what it might look like, what it might sound and smell like to, to achieve that particular goal and to really draw out that, that, that emotion and that language um, and that interpretation of what success looks like or sounds or smells like, uh, you know, to, to that person. I think that, you know, is, is something that really enhances that goal setting process. Um, you know, and takes it, if we're working on the, I'm quite a visual person, so if we're working on the concept of a, a jigsaw, you know, in my mind, asking those types of questions with an individual would take that jigsaw from being 2D to a 3D jigsaw. Yeah. You know, I think it just, it puts so much more depth into uh, into the process than, than just simply having a, a sheet of paper with smart written on it and, and you're just kind of going through the boxes yeah. and just filling in the boxes. And then, you know, once all empty spaces are filled in, it's job done. You know, I think, I think that we, we have to be flexible enough not to sort of just fall into that trap of just being very, very one dimensional with our processes. Yeah. And I, you're alluding to, again to, to something which I, I use with clients I've done for many, many years, the concept of imagery, using mental imagery to enhance this whole process and get the most out of it and, and drawing on all of those senses, as you say, because the more real you can make or get the, the client to feel and experience what they want, it, yeah. it kind of starts making those neurological connections in their mind. And there's just something about increasing and enhancing their engagement and adherence and also their accountability the word i keep banging on about but so 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 important yeah, yeah. I, I think if it works for athletes it's used in in oh, with elite athletes absolutely all the time so why why not use it in the work with clients completely and i think i think what it can do because you've if if you're able to do that effectively um then you know it, it can but we all know mindset is such an important thing and it can impact everything from how you know from how people do in a, an individual session to how well they stick to the program when you're not with them you know if you can make mindset a key part of the journey right from the start by using this kind of visual imagery type um you know questioning and, and that type of thing then i just think it makes every time you contact the client it's just a constant reminder for them um of, of mindset and it puts or it helps them to to get into the right hopefully positive frame of mind to, to get the most out of it uh, and to keep you know the what you're trying to achieve um you know important and front and center not necessarily to take over and actually 
I think also, uh, you know, that we also need to be mindful of that is when setting goals, obviously, not just selfishly, you know, very much for them, you know, we are trying to help them get the most out of out of the work that we do with them and, and achieve their goals. But but I think it's also important for us as practitioners to, to make sure that, you know, and it relates back to the jigsaw is that their life and their other priorities don't get washed aside or pushed aside also. Um, And that's a hard thing because we're not, you know, experts necessarily in, uh, you know, everything. (laughs) We, you know, we're not, we're not life coaches necessarily, you know, we're not able to sort of start, you know, analyzing the, the complete picture. But I think we do, have a role to play in making sure that when certain things are prioritized, other things aren't suffering as a result of that. Um, and, and just trying to be, um, considerate, I think uh, along that way. Yeah. And again, you've touched on something else, which leads me on to kind of wanting to share an alternative model to smart with with listeners. And it, it comes from my time, like you doing NLP courses, qualifications, etc., And you may have come across this before, if you're listening, you may not have, but the, the PEXOR model, and I know we discussed this previously, but it's very similar to SMART. But for me, it just drills down a little bit deeper in terms of actually eliciting well-formed outcomes or goals. So yeah. PEXOR stands for Positive Evidence Context Self-Achievable advantages and disadvantages and worthwhile and it's that advantages and disadvantages part and worthwhileness for me, for me that reinforces what you said a moment ago about does the goal actually work for them is it something that is going to benefit them or is it something which they they think they would like but actually there might be something about that that means they stand to lose something else and I think we often yeah. over overlook that so it, it's all about making sure that Statements, yes, they are always stated in the positive. So what someone wants rather than what they don't want, because often I've worked with clients in the past and they tell you what they don't want to be anymore, what they don't yeah. want to do, um, whereas that's not the best place to start for obvious reasons. And the evidence part for me is something which I used to always drum on about with, with my students that I've taught over the years. It's about if you can't evidence it, it's not really a goal. And I don't think that that's stressed enough a lot of the time. Yes, we can have subjective goals, but there still needs to be an element of measurement to that. So making yeah. sure that, you know, you know when you've achieved it and you know when it's time to move on and set an, a, the next target to keep them focused, yeah. etc. And the context element is really looking at where do you want to have these new skills or behaviours that, that you're aiming to to adopt where do you want to be able to use them and where do you not need them? And kind of making it clear in, in the client's mind that, okay, this is something which you might need to do or you might find beneficial in these circumstances, but you don't necessarily need it in these circumstances. And therefore almost kind of starting to weigh up, well, is this really something I want or is it just something which I thought I might want, but it's not really that important to me. There's other things I can substitute that with anyway. So that's the context part. The, the self-achievable part is pretty straightforward. It's how much control they have over it. So what resources do they have at their disposal that's going to enable them or facilitate achievement of that goal or them, the likelihood of them being more successful? 
So that's something really important to focus on because if they don't have the right resources in place or the right support mechanisms or the yeah. environment puts things out of their control, then you know we even need to look at ways of overcoming them barriers. Or if there maybe there isn't, some things just can't be overcome sometimes, then we, we need to maybe go back to the drawing board a little. And then the last two, like I alluded to a moment ago, you know, advantages and disadvantages. This is almost your decisional balance sheets and and process. Yeah. You know, weighing up the pros. What what am I against? What do I stand to gain from achieving this goal? But also, is there something I might lose? Will something change in my life which actually could have a negative impact? And and that's often or frequently overlooked because we might think we all want to look stunning and everything else, and it, it links back to your body image blog that you, that you created and and the podcast we did on that is that. To look that way, you have to make significant sacrifices. Yeah, and if you're willing yeah. to do that, that's that's great. Um, but sometimes yeah. people don't always understand that there are that's sort of downsides to venturing on that journey. Yeah. And then, lastly, the worthwhileness of it. How important is it to you to actually achieve this? And how are you going to feel after you've achieved it? It, it links the advantages, I, I guess. Yeah. So looking at the benefits of the outcome and, and again, weighing that up from a decisional balance pr perspective. So uh, that, for me, I, I basically got that from NLP courses I went on. But a reason, the reason I really used it was to overcome a lot of the barriers that I used to find through goal setting or, or as part of the goal setting process. And I just wondered, yeah. are there any barriers that you've come across that you, you might want to share with, with listeners around that stand out and you frequently have seen with um, clients that you've worked with in terms of helping them to set goals? Is it, are there things that stand out in your mind that you think that typically always happens and how do you overcome it? Yeah, well, firstly, I just wanted to mention, because until you'd mentioned it when we spoke um, uh, a few days ago, you'd mentioned Pexar. Um, I'd never heard of it before, but actually looking at it and with how you've explained it, I just think it's, it's really, really good. Um, and it does kind of everything that the smart process, process or protocols offer, but it makes it more human. Yeah. Um, which, so, you know, I'm, I'm certainly going to be applying it and, and having a little play with it. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited actually about just, you know, embedding that into, into goal setting Every myself. Every day's a school so, day, Phil. <laughs> it is. I, I am at school. I've got my uh, yeah. I've got my school cap on and my shorts. Put my socks pulled up to my knees. Um, well, my school was not that posh at all. Um, but, <laughs> um, barriers. Uh, I one barrier that I have found is that actually, set, and I don't know if you can relate to this because it's not something that we've discussed before. I don't think, but is that. Sometimes, you know, you mentioned that sometimes clients tell you what they don't want to happen. Um, and and I found that actually setting goals for people can be quite oppressive um, and, and actually be quite a negative thing for people to carry. Not, you know, and this is where calibrating the individual first, first off. Is, is so important. And it's not always something you can know straight away. You kind of figure it out along the way. But, but setting goals um, it creates pressure. There is no question because you're asking someone to achieve something or do something by a certain point in time. And that's, as you said, you know, a goal is a goal. 
if you can evidence it. And, and therefore, and not everyone responds positively to that pressure. So I think, again, you know, we have to figure out ways and strategies of, of trying to make it a positive experience for someone rather than just applying this pressure and, and just slowly but surely watching it consume someone and ultimately in the, in the eyes of, of the goal itself, you know, setting them up to fail. You know, because obviously that is that is the absolute opposite of what our intentions are. You know, the intention behind goal setting is is to help provide structure and clarity so that they can succeed. But actually, sometimes there are people that don't respond positively to to goals, and and so we have to figure out ways and means of of trying to to counter that and and knock down the barriers however we do that and i don't know if it's something that you found but you know it i'm not a psychologist um but sometimes people have a fear of failure um and and once a goal is set that fear of failure can actually cripple them so so how do we set goals without crippling people <laughs> yeah, and I think you've, you've kind of hit the nail on the head, head there really it's that sometimes the goal can actually be a big part of the barrier yeah. and I, I used to work in exercise referral with, with quite challenging clients who had who had quite significant mental health problems and you know exercise was seen as a fantastic way of helping them manage their condition and it worked for, for many, many clients, but setting goals with, with people who had many, many other challenges, which were far more significant than, than the kind of things that most people would set goals around, you know, yeah. really challenged me in terms of my skill set. And it made me start to challenge the whole smart process. And hence I went off looking for other means of, of helping people to achieve something almost by stealth so that yeah. they could just focus on the fun and enjoyment um, and the moment that they're actually exercising or doing something else about to do with, you know, enhancing their well-being. Um, and that's what drove me to the to the looking more at habits and change, really, and setting goals by stealth, by focusing on the strategy or the process and really listening to people and picking up on, on what they're saying. So you're almost figuring out what their target is, but without ever actually formally discussing it. And then yeah. in the background, you're kind of producing this strategy and, and process that helps helps meet that by helping them to change yeah. their behavior by setting new habits and detracting from from the focus of the, of the negative aspects or the fear element of failure maybe yeah so yeah i would completely echo that i think sometimes and it goes back to what i said before you know maybe do we focus too much on goals yes they are yeah. very very important like i said before the rudder steering the ship gives it direction mobilizes effort those kind of things but yeah but the process is so, so important, really, really key. So, yeah, yeah I, I totally agree with that. Okay. No, and I, I, I concur as well with what, what you said, is that from, on a personal level for me, you know, I want to, I want to educate people, but, uh, but I want to, more than anything, lead people to a place whereby they enjoy the journey yeah. because uh, I think that is just far more sustainable as a, as a, a battery pack to help people continuing to stick with it yeah. rather than, you know, getting them to achieve a certain goal by hell or high water. But come the end of it, there's an undercurrent of resentment mm. because it's just been so goal focused. 
So, uh, you know, I, I completely agree with you on that. Good stuff. Well, we've uh, ticked along for nearly 50 minutes now, Phil, so probably time wow. to wrap up. I could talk about this subject all day, like many of the other subjects yeah. we talk about, but yeah, yeah we, we have to stop somewhere. So if is there anything else you want to add or wrap up with or... Sure. No, I, I just, uh, you know, I think, I think just, um, I, you know, I would emphasize from my own experience, how important goal setting is, or the, you know, the, the process of, of figuring out the right strategy. Um, but I, I think, you know, it is important also because we've, we've spoken about kind of calibrating it around the individual, but I also think we need to figure out what works best for us as practitioners as well yeah. within goal setting, you know, what are we most comfortable doing? Because if we can find the things that we're really good at and really effective at, then we're going to be able to help people better as well. So I think there's a lot of considerations in goal setting and yes, absolutely. It's about the client, but also we need to be, we need to be in tune with ourselves as operators as well and look at how, how we do what we do best. Um, because when we're in that space and when we're in the floor in how we practice, then, you know, we're, we're going to be far more useful. Yeah. And, and again, I'd agree, you know, we, smart is a process which is, is great. It's taught on qualifications and it gets you to a, to a certain point, but you need to figure out after that, once you're qualified, what works for you. And yeah. I, I think we, we've kind of tried to challenge and address that in our new qualifications for for pt and gym whereby we do focus more now on the behavior change element which is a really really positive step forward so that combination of whether it's smart whether it's pexel or any other model in combination with a, a range of habit formation tools and techniques and therefore behavior modification change whatever you want to call it yeah it, it's not just about goals in isolation it's developing that toolkit so to speak so yeah fantastic tips like it great all right no, really enjoyed really enjoyed this morning's talk yeah me too so just for benefit of our listeners thanks for tuning in and, and listening to this podcast we hope you found it useful please do go and check out our other podcasts um there might be some useful information in there which might help you think and review your own practice maybe and go and check out pexel if you haven't done so already you can google it p-e-c-s-a-w and and give it a whirl see if it changes your practice so thanks for your time phil once again we'll catch up again soon for an, another installment or two and enjoy the rest of your weekend absolute pleasure thanks a lot Jen. no problem take care phil <laughs>